Hello, and thank you for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. The Teaching Math Teaching Podcast is sponsored by the Association of Mathematics Teacher Educators. The hosts are Ava Thanheiser, Dusty Jones, and me, I'm Joel Amadon. Today, we are talking with Gary Martin, who is the Elmy R. and Gerald S. Leeschuk Endowed Professor in the College of Education at Auburn University. We are talking to Dr. Martin because he is an awesome mathematics teacher educator, but also a change agent for Get the, for Get the Facts Out, which is a partnership between four national societies, AMT being one of them, to change the conversation around STEM teacher recruitment. Welcome, Gary. How are you doing today? Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, and you want to take a minute to introduce yourself, Gary? Sure. Um, I am old. I've been around <laughs> the profession for longer than some people have been alive and um, still love it every single day. It's well, okay. 99.8% of the days uh, there, you know, there's the outlier, That's sure. but, uh, but it, it's a great profession. And uh, I really enjoy my work here at Auburn university, working with pre-service and uh, in-service teachers, graduates, undergraduates, um, it's just a lot of fun. And I've also had the privilege of working with a lot of different projects uh, over the years that, are, that have been very uh, interesting and fulfilling. Uh, so uh, I won't go into that list because like I said, I'm old and there's a long <laughs> list of them. Well, I know Gary, for, for me and, and probably for Dusty too, like I've been in many meetings where like you were leading the, the charge. I'm like, ah, oh, that's, Gary seems like a cool guy. And it's so it's yeah. finally, it's great to finally have you on the podcast to talk about your experience and get the facts out. Okay. We'll, we'll see how your opinion changes by the end <laughs> that's right. of the podcast, but it is a pleasure to be here. Uh, so, you know, we, we, and this is our first uh, episode from the, this fall of 21. So we're, we're kind of excited to get back in the saddle. Unfortunately, Ava's unable to be here today, but again, trying to think about like, what does it mean to be a math teacher educator, given some of that advice that, that folks, and as you said, you've, you've had some experience. So, um, but let's go back a little bit. How did you start teaching math teachers and, and why did you start teaching math teachers? Yeah. So th that was never really the plan. I took it. <laughs> So, I, you know, it was never a clear goal. Um, my degree was to be, uh, it was a, in math education, and I wanted to be a math teacher. Mm -hmm. And then it came time to, to what am I going to do next with my career? I can do this for another 20 years. It'll be great. But is there something else I want to do? And so I went back to the University of Georgia and worked on my PhD in math education. Now, I don't know how to say this, but I, I just didn't even really think about teacher education as a part of that. Even mm -hmm. like in my uh, job duties as a uh, as a GTA, I helped teach classes, but it was just the work that we did. Right. And I, and I think uh, really um, there wasn't this sort of idea uh, idea of having an identity as a math teacher educator. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just something I kind of fell into, I would say. And I would say this, too, as it was a hard adjustment for me. I loved teaching math. And it's like, OK, so now you want me to teach about teaching math. Yeah. And so it was a one off that took me a while to adjust to, frankly, but what I've really found over the years is uh, a way to embed my love for teaching math in this kind of broader context. Mm -hmm. 
So it's like I still the core of what I do is teaching math. But now we'll maybe do some we'll we'll, we'll explore some math together. And now we'll step by, back and talk about how to teach the math. Mm-hmm. And so I find I find my, you know, I'll call it my fix in math teaching because that is exactly my love and passion. But I've really f- found over the years uh, ways of kind of uh, realizing that passion within my work as a math teacher educator. And actually, that is now my passion. It's it kind of expanded my passion yeah. in, in a different direction. I don't know if any of this is making sense. No, that, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I had a similar experience. I don't know, Dusty, you too, whereas like, you know, didn't know the end goal of getting this doctoral yeah. degree kind of got nudged in to, to do it and I'm like okay and but then like well, what what am I going to do after this <laughs> and like or thinking about just I'm getting better at teaching math that's that's a positive you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah for me Gary it's uh I think I was a few years into my university teaching career when I realized wait I actually enjoy teaching math teachers and I didn't even at the beginning of my doctoral program didn't even realize that was a thing that that one could do, even though I was, you know, steeped in, I, that's what I was doing was teaching classes for math teachers. Um, I, re- I really didn't know that was something I could do. And then once I figured out that that's something I enjoyed and started to lean into it, um, it things got a little bit better for me, I think, at least yeah. in thinking of where's my career going. Yeah. So, so for me, a real, a, a real turning point with that, came in, I, sh- I should have looked up the date, but like I said, I'm old. It was in the <laughs> 1990s. Mm. Uh, it was at a, an NCTM conference and they had uh, this kind of gathering of people to talk about actually the formation of AMTE. Mm-hmm. It was like pre-AMTE. And I remember sitting in this crowded room and it was, it was a crowded room. It might've been in Indianapolis or so. I don't really remember where. But I remember, I think it was Judith, Judith Jacobs talking, and she was talking about how we're math teacher educators. And I can remember just sitting there and thinking, hmm, hmm. And then I had that sort of epiphany. I said, that's who I am. I've that's always been a math teacher educator. I just didn't have that kind of label for it. Right. And I think for me, that's made a huge difference, too to really kind of develop an identity of that's who I am, as opposed to before it was like, this is the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I teach methods classes. Yes, I teach math classes for, and but it was the work that I did, but it wasn't, I don't know how to say this. I don't know if this makes any sense, but I didn't own it as my work of this mm-hmm. is my mission. This is my identity. And for me, that made a huge, huge difference. And I'm hoping the youngsters today Okay, sorry. I'm, <laughs> but I'm hoping those who are starting out in the profession today right. really can take advantage of that, uh, of the resources and, and really build that identity from the beginning of their career. You know, I kind of fell into it and at a later point in time really realized what it was that I was doing. Uh, but I mean, it, that, that took me uh, a couple decades, honestly, yeah. well, probably 15 years, 15 years in was about when AMTE started. So anyway. Well, that's the exciting. I mean, think about that time. So like AMTE is being formed in 89, the standards are being announced, which provided this idea of teaching math that a lot of people were not familiar. And you needed, you needed teacher, math teacher, educator to like, 
what does this even look like? And like the new, uh, the NSF funded curricula and all that. So, I mean, it's like kind of a watershed moment in math ed. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that that's a good point. I think a lot of things sort of c- connected at that point in time. And I think the other point of connection is that people were starting to be tra- trained as uh, PhDs in math education. Mm. And so that might have happened just a few years before that. But I think it was there was really starting to build. And so like at Georgia, we had the, you know, well, we called ourselves the Georgia Mafia. Uh, you know, all the math ed students, the doc students present and and uh, and past. And just this identity of that was a part of that identity building, too, I think, is before people maybe went through a program, but it maybe wasn't called math education. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was a, I think that kind of there was a whole confluence of things kind of building math education as a research field apart from mathematics and education. The formation of of AMTE kind of with the math teacher educator. Mm-hmm. And then, as you're saying, a lot of the things happening in parallel with K-12. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, like, and again, hearing some of this stuff and thinking about like, and also too, like this field is not that old, you know, it's, it it's, not. and we're, yeah, we're, we're part of the, it growing. So that's, that's excellent. Thank you, Gary. Um, all right. So, when you think about some advice uh, that you either received or want to give. So what would you have liked to known when you started this journey into teaching math teachers, when you finally figured that that's what you're doing? So, okay. So the, the best advice I received, the best advice of all time uh, is also the advice that I regularly ignore. Okay. Uh, it came from Les Steffi, one of my professors at, at, George, at Georgia. Mm-hmm. And he said, just remember, no is not a three-letter word, and it does not begin with the letter Y. <laughs> and so, you know, learn to say no. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think that, uh, that I have miserably failed in that for, for many, many years and um, I watch people who who um, who really have taken that advice to heart, and I think it, it it actually is really good advice. If only I knew how to take it. I'm going to learn how to say uh, say no instead of yes, and I'm also going to improve my eating habits, and probably both of those within the next couple of days. Um, so the the other uh, the other best advice that I received uh, was to really listen to your students, to the prospective teachers or to the teachers you're working with and help them develop their understanding of math teaching. Okay, so this is exactly parallel to teaching math. You're helping Mm -hmm. people to build um, their conceptions of what it means to teach math. And so um, I think at some point, it it was a couple of years in my career, and I think it was Paul Cobb who kind of challenged me on that point uh, no, it was Neil Paintman, at, uh, who was a colleague at the University of Georgia. And so that was really kind of uh, life changing for me to really make my teacher education classes, my math teacher education classes, be inquiry based. We're inquiring yeah. into mathematics, but also into teaching. And so I think I think it's really in, in a way it's like practice what you preach. Yeah. You know, 
So, uh, so I think it was Neil Pateman. And that really was sort of one of those moments where it's like, okay, it, it helped me to reconceptualize the work that I was doing. Well, that, I mean, that, that's really good advice. I, I mean, I think too, that you, sometimes you see people st- stepping into a math teacher educator role and all of a sudden they start, you know, like lecturing or like they, they start doing things that they would never have done in the, uh, in the, the regular class. I mean, obviously there's parts when you need to lecture, but, but they're, they've completely removed all these teaching practices that they've like honed in, in, in the math classroom. And now when they're teaching teachers, they, they move away, but like, no, you're saying some of those same, you're saying use some of those same practices, but just now we're just kind of at a different level, right. And thinking about how do we do inquiry based learning from a teacher education standpoint? Yeah, and, and I think people just don't make that connection. To me, teaching is teaching. Um, you know, you, it's, it's helping people to engage in experiences that help them build their understanding. And so it doesn't matter really what the subject matter is. That's the, that's the game. And how can I do that as a math teacher or as a math teacher educator? Yeah. Dusty, anything you want to elaborate on here? No, uh, this is just making me think about, uh, you know, how I've progressed through my own uh, journey to being a math teacher educator. But this is not uh, this is not the conversation with me. <laughs> this is a conversation with Gary. So yeah. I just want to say, wow, you know, um, so you've mentioned some kind of big names, uh, yes. you know, Les yes. Steffi, Paul Cobb as people that, um, you know, uh, that you know, we, we look at their work and we're like, wow. And, and, you know, Gary, you've, you've known these people and you've got some good advice from them, whether you've taken it or not, I think. So that's, uh, that's, that's pretty great. I do like the idea of thinking about uh, teaching math teachers as in a similar way as, as uh, teaching mathematics uh, to students in that we're trying to understand what they understand about that. I mean, isn't really, I think teaching is, in some ways, it's just convincing people to change their mind about something. Um, I guess there is there is learning new content, but in in some ways, especially with some of these practices, just change your mind about how you do that. And I've I've been guilty of uh, taking on a new class that I didn't really uh, hadn't done before, and so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lecture about this. Wait, no, is there some kind of yeah. other way that that students can experience this that pr- prospective teachers can experience this that will help them change their mind about what they're what they're thinking about teaching might be so gary you you do uh, again like maybe you didn't take all the advice that you that you should have with regards to saying no so you do say yes you're very involved so how do you get things done and this i am actually fascinated because you do a lot of things so how do you get things done well um I would, I would say that, that my role is collect good collaborators, find great people to work with. And to someone who's just starting out in, uh, in this role, I'd say work on making those connections, you know, get to know people, um, you know, reach out to people. It may be someone who has a, who you think is, oh, they would never have the, the, the time to talk to me, but you know, I've never run into that in my whole career. Well, maybe once, but generally people have been very open hearted and, and willing to talk, you know? So I think, I think to some, to someone who's starting out to really make those connections and collect role models and mentors, 
to really kind of find people. It's like, I like the way that that person does things. You know, like I have my list of people that it's like, if only I can be like Jim Wilson, one of my professors at Georgia, or when I started at Northern Illinois University, I was working with Larry and Judy Souter, who are mm. you know, saints of the field. Yeah. And so I like the way they did things. They were compassionate, caring, dedicated to their mission. And so, you know, I, I've looked for people like that over the years. Um, you know, Skip Fennell, who's a bit of a pain in the neck, but uh, <laughs> I, I hope he I hope he listens to this so he can hear me say that. Yeah, we could send but him a we, clip. <laughs> I, I, love, I love I love Skip, but I, I've always appreciated the way he approaches things. And so, you know, I think kind of taking that, um, looking for those role models and following them and getting advice from them and just building the network, you can then build on that to get things done. Uh, you know, find the collaborators that have similar interests with you. Uh, sometimes um, the, you know, the old people such as myself, the senior citizens of the field, uh, we may not be uh, directly involved in what you're doing, but we may have an idea of here's a good person for you to talk to. Here's someone you should really talk to and help to make those connections. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think with, with collaborators, I, I think that's the whole key to getting, to getting things done. So like right now, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in a prideful way, just as a, it's a, it's a point of fact mm -hmm. is I'm a part of a round. I counted it up at least eight, fairly distinct research groups, projects, or writing groups. And so these are just different collections of people that I found common interest with and work with and enjoy. And, you know, it's, it's a great way to get things done, but it's also a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you learn so much from working with other people. So it's happened to me so many times where I go in with one idea about how things should go. And then we talk and it's like, okay, well, you know, that was an idea, but it wasn't the best idea. And so, you know, that, that's my number one, uh, my, my number one um, bit of advice is get the collaborators. They also help to keep you motivated because mm -hmm. if you're working on something, it's like, okay, we're trying to get a proposal in. That's a hard deadline. You have to, you have to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or it's like, we're getting, we're trying to respond to this call for papers. And so the, the mutual accountability to me help helps me a lot because I don't want to let the team down. You know, if it's just me, I might kind of like say, Oh, well, you know, yeah. I can do it maybe next time. But when, when other people are in there, it kind of keeps, it, it kind of keeps you motivated. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah. you know, I, I think that's my number one bit of advice. The other thing is just to, uh, to take, to take time for the work that you want to do and to carve, carve out space to do what you want to do you know, find your passions and find time to kind of go after your passions. Um, so to, to me, that those, those are my, my main things. I mean, I've, my whole career has been driven by my passion for getting things done. Uh, you know, there are things that I really am excited about and that keeps me going and that, that keeps me uh, motivated as well. And so I'll, I'll throw in a freebie. This is nice. the third one for free is I think it's important too, though, to not get overly focused and to allow yourself some time to do things that are not related to your work. Again, this is advice that I'm not always good at taking, to be honest, but I do, I, I work on this. 
is, you know, take take a take a Saturday off and go hiking or do something that you love. Don't feel like you have to be locked into this job 24 seven because it can become very all consuming. Yes. Wow, I got lots of pearls of wisdom there. That's that's great, Gary. Um, but another thing we wanted to talk about uh, on this podcast is get the facts out. So can you tell us a little bit about facts, get the facts out? What is it and how did you get involved? Sure. So get the facts out. So this, this again, you know, great group of collaborators. Uh, AMTE set up a task force to work with this um, project, which is cross-disciplinary. Uh, it's, it's a STEM project, but AMTE organized a task force to work on the math part of it. And it's a really awesome group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that, that kind of pulled me in. AMT put out a call for people to, uh, to be involved in it. And I threw my, my name in the hat. Uh, there's another piece uh, of advice. Throw your, throw your name in. You know, if there, if there are opportunities that are exciting to you, go ahead. And I said, I don't have time to do this, but it's like, this is really important work. This would be yeah. fun work. It's something to me that's very important. You know, I think we're the same as a lot of people around the country where we're really suffering in terms of uh, enrollments in secondary math. And so, you know, it's like I I looked at the project, say, okay, this is interesting. Um, I think I'd like to be involved Threw my name in the hat. And I was fortunate to be uh, chosen along with, I think, five, four or five other people. Mm-hmm. And it's just an awesome group led by mm-hmm. Jean Lee from the University of, um, well, I'm going to get her. She's from Indianapolis. Indianapolis I'm not going to yeah. try to say mm-hmm. that. Uh, University of Indianapolis, mm-hmm. I think that's. Yep. And then um, uh, Glenn Waddell from the University of Nevada, Reno, Amy Rothman, Duffy from somewhere out in Washington, and uh, Tim Hendricks from... Um, Meredith College. Meredith, Meredith College. How could I forget? And yeah. I think that's the whole crew. If I forgot someone, I'm sorry. But uh, but it's really been a lot of fun to dig into this project. So GFO, you know, us cool guys call it, G- cool people call it GFO mm-hmm. for that's short. Right. You know? So we don't have to say three whole syllables. That's, that's, a lot. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so it, it's certainly a lot quicker than saying get the facts out. But uh, GFO is an NSF-funded project focusing on um, promoting positive messages about pursuing a career in teaching. And it really focuses on math and the hard sciences, math, chemistry, and physics. So um, kind of the way I look at it is there, there's a sort of popular narrative around, around math teaching or teaching in general or teaching STEM. Um, a lot of it just isn't true. And so what they've done is uh, they, they've done a lot of work to gather useful information to counter the myths about teaching, to counter that negative narrative and create a more positive narrative. So, uh, so all of what they do is based on data. Okay, they don't just like throw something out. They've got, they've got backing for everything they do. And... It's been extensively tested with target populations. So, um, you know, here's some of their themes. Uh, Teachers report high job satisfaction. So the common narrative is teaching is a horrible position. 
uh, a horrible uh, profession, but teachers actually enjoy it. Um, the narrative is salary is, is terrible. So actually, when you look at the numbers, salary is very comparable to other professions. It's not lower. And the retirement benefits are very, very often substantially above what people in other professions get. Uh, as students, there are scholarships and loan forgiveness that can make your education affordable. Okay, these are all positive messages about uh, the profession that people just aren't hearing. Mm -hmm. People aren't hearing those messages. And, you know, and to me, when I kind of look at some of their messages, it's like, well, these are good, but would a, uh, would a math major care about these things? And, and they assure, you know, their, their testing says that students actually care about retirement benefits. I wouldn't have thought so. I tried it out with a group of students and I asked them afterwards, I said, was, what did you think about the information on retirement? Their response was, that was very interesting. I never thought about it before. Mm -hmm. And so I think the thing that's really great about this is they're creating a solid narrative. You know, this is not alternative facts. It is real facts right. and it's been tested. These are strong messages that I think are very reliable. And, you know, I, I admit I came in a little bit on the skeptical side. You know, it's like I, this is good stuff, but I've really been sold on this uh, over the over the past year or so. Really solid stuff. So they've developed a whole bank of resources that people can use uh, and adapt. So they have presentations of different lengths, like if you need to do a 15 minute presentation to students versus something longer. They have posters, brochures, flyers, videos, all using these tested evidence-based messages. And they're all set up so you can easily uh, add, add in your own branding. So it's just kind of a generic poster. You can pop in your uh, Ole Miss branding or Mississippi State or wherever you are. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was for you. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, it's really, it's really, uh, really great. Uh, really great stuff. And it works. I mean, I think that, you know, the proof is in the fact that it, that it really does work. So um, it's a great uh, resource that I would really encourage people to look into uh, using those materials. You may well find something you can use, but it's all set up so you can, you know, beg, borrow, repurpose, rebrand, it's just a good bank of stuff. If you if you have a concern about your enrollments, about how many teachers are going into the profession, this is really uh, a good starting uh, a good starting point. And I just add to that the AMTE task force uh, is really, as I said, a great group of people to be working with. And we've been putting a lot of work into bringing some more math forward messaging and thinking about how we can build more awareness of the materials in the math education community. So I don't know. That's kind of my spiel. I, I think it's a great project. I really encourage people to uh, uh, to check it out. Well, I know from my perspective, like as a member of our you know local AMT affiliate, MAMT, we're thinking about how could we can use some of the get, get the facts out materials so we can think about it from a statewide perspective and think about how we can, you know, brand it, whatever, what do exactly what you're saying, Gary, and, and use it for our perspective. I don't, I don't know, Dusty, are you 
looking at is uh, Texas looking at some of this stuff at Sam Houston State? Yeah. So uh, yeah, here it's interesting that we're talking about this because uh, we have a majors meeting at the beginning of next month where our majors and minors are coming in and. One of the things we like to talk to them about is different careers that you can have as a math major and as a math teacher educator, of course, in my, the front of my mind is is teaching, but I really like the Get the Facts Out website. It's easy. It's got you know some of those uh, positive messages, and then you just scroll down. You don't even have to click anything. Just scroll down, and you see uh, the data that they have behind these, so I'm really looking forward to sharing those with, with our majors. Um, uh, yeah, I... Statewide trends, uh, you know, there's a, I've heard about a demographic uh, cliff that's coming where there's fewer high school graduates. Uh, and so there's going to be fewer college uh, register people going to college just because that many people weren't born in 2008 or 2009. And I'm not sure how that's affecting Texas necessarily because our demographic trends are a little bit different than mm-hmm. Uh, say other parts of the country, but I really like this website and what they've put together. And Gary, thank you and the AMTE folks who are are helping us interpret that and and get the get the facts out about get the facts out yeah. um, for that. And we're, we're going to put a link to that in the show notes, so uh, you can go to teachingmathteachingpodcast dot com and you can access that for this episode. But um, but I, I, I know I, you. I, Oh, go ahead, Gary. In one thing, if you don't mind, um, if you're doing a presentation, they also have good tools to get local data. Nice. Okay. And so, uh, so some of that is already on the website, but they also have a link where you can request local data. Excellent. And uh, the other thing that clicked in my mind when you when you were talking about how to do things as as a statewide uh, group. Um, the the change agents, the AMTE task force, we've worked with a number of states to put on a uh, a webinar or something like that for the state, for their state affiliate, for their state AMTE affiliate. Yep. So I think we had that. Uh, Glenn so, and uh, and Tim came to our AMTE yeah. meeting, and that and that, that was yeah. excellent. It was great. Yeah. All right. Sorry to interrupt. No, no. Uh, I. I interrupted you. Um, but any other, I know we have an event coming up at the AMTE conference. And, and I don't know if you want to promote that right now. Well, since you ask, <laughs> I, will put in a, I will put in a shameless plug for the uh, pre-conference to the um, AMTE conference. Okay, here's hoping that we'll, we will be uh, in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we're not uh, it will, we, we will carry on virtually, and we're also planning to do a virtual option to do it as a hybrid event or fully online, depending on what happens. So uh, this will be on February 9th from uh, 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, uh, the day before the, uh, the MT conference starts. It's being jointly organized by Get the Facts Out and another organization that I have been very involved with over the years, the Math Teacher Education Partnership. And so um, both of these groups were planning to do a pre-conference. And again, um, I was a part of the intersection of the two groups. So we decided to kind of go in together because the audience is fairly similar. Mm-hmm. The, the people who are focusing on improving secondary mathematics teacher preparation are often involved in recruitment and vice versa. And so I think this is really going to be a, a great event. Um, 
it, it will uh, it will give you some uh, background on the GFO um, materials. Uh, there'll be opportunities in the afternoon. Uh, there'll be breakout sessions where you can dig deeper into the uh, GFO materials and figure out how you might want to use them. There will also be sessions um, organized by the MT, uh, Mathematics Teacher Education Partnership, focusing on program transformation and um, you know, providing some uh, background on the uh, networked improvement community model and some of the work that we've been doing. So it's kind of a mix, or mix and match event uh, uh, where you can do the GFO things. You can also uh, dip into some of the MTEP uh, inf information as well. And across all of this, there'll be a strong emphasis on uh, the role of equity in secondary mathematics, teacher recruitment and preparation. So there'll be two plenary sessions in the morning, two breakout sessions in the afternoon. We've had a great time. We did a, uh, MTEP did a, a pre-session last year and we had a great time with that. And we're hoping for a good response this time and looking forward to really having the GFO MTEP collaboration. Nice. And so we have a link to uh, a very detailed agenda and there's a link at the bottom to register for this event. And we'll again, put that in our show notes as well. So yeah, the sun looks like a very, I mean, looks like a lot of planning's gone in. And again, probably a chance to, like you said, work with some pretty cool collaborators and, and yes. meet some people and, and see what these two, uh, two intersections of these projects can, uh, can deliver with regards to thinking about te math teacher education. Yeah, I really hope that people are able to to go to this uh, pre-conference, Gary. It looks really interesting. And um, I will say, I remember, I don't remember what year it was, but there was a conference that um, happened at Texas A&M University that I went to. It was like a 30-minute drive or hour drive for me to get to. But I think you were there. Marilyn Stretchens was there. And we ended up having this nice conversation about AMTE and things that AMTE could be doing related to whatever the topic of the conference was. It was about mathematics education, but I can't remember specifics. Um, but that was a great conversation. I still remember, not the specifics yeah. of, but remember the conversation that we had and how that helped me uh, you know, build some relationships, some professional connections between people. Um, yeah, I think that actually probably led to me being in more of a leadership role in AMTE uh, when I was talking with you in Maryland. Yeah. Awesome. That is great to hear. And I think I think that's what this profession is all, all about, is really building, right? Mm -hmm. Encouraging people, moving us forward. And I, I, that's what I love about our field. I've always felt that that kind of sense of encouragement and and seeing people move forward is very heartening. It's very yeah. encouraging for all of us. So thank you for that. Yeah. Dustin. Well, and I'm glad we had a chance to share this conversation with you, Gary. And I'm glad that you're willing to uh, step in, talk about, get the facts out and being willing to share some of your uh, golden nuggets of wisdom uh, with our audience. But uh, thank you so much for being willing to come on. And uh, and we're looking forward to this opportunity to participate in the pre-conference. And again, all those links will be in our uh, show notes. Ahead. Do you have anything else you want to close out with, Gary, before we sign off? Nope. Uh, it, uh, I've really just enjoyed the conversation and, uh, and, and the opportunity to, to chat with, with you all. And, you know, it's a great profession mm -hmm. and enjoy it. Um, you know, enjoy every minute of it because 
Uh, I look at other fields. Not every field is like ours. Mm -hmm. I I look at colleagues who are in, uh, well, I won't even name the disciplines, but where it's contentious, where they go to conferences and fight. And I'm just so thankful that we have developed the uh, the community that we have over the years and, you know, starting with Judith Jacobs herself yep. of creating a very inclusive, welcoming, uh, growth-oriented uh, community. So uh, savor it. Enjoy it. All right. Great words to end on. So thanks again for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We hope that you're able to implement something you just heard and take an opportunity to interact with other math teacher educators. And speaking of interacting, what do you want to hear about in upcoming podcasts? Who do you want to hear from? Let us know through the virtual suggestion box. Find it at the Contact Us page at teachingmathteachingpodcast.com or in the show notes for this episode.